everybody change on me Well, I remain the same That's why I'm bringing major pain Like motherfucking Damon Wayans And now you chickens is toast This ain't Raising Cane's It's clear we wasn't raised the same Rappers lame with fame I'm known to kill a whack rapper Like a bad hobby I smash hotties and stash bodies Then cop little boats Like that's Yachty and that's probably Alright, we're back live once again, folks In Greenwood Bonjour, shalom, what's up? And welcome to How You Live In. Live in effect in the Million Dollar Studios atop the Chaz Tower here for free on the interwebs. Do 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 do. And uh, answering the one question How you living? You know what? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Uh, you know, things changed on the job front, but other than that, you know, I'm living life. Yeah, get uh, new opportunities uh, in front of you. Uh, chance to to try something new. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, the web coding market, there's a lot out there for sure. Indeed. And uh, and we're here in mid October to bring you the uh, the latest woke news. <laughs> the woke news has <laughs> delivered as best we can uh, here in North Seattle. Uh, where it hasn't begun the rainstorms yet, so we're here in these uh, interim days of fall where it's actually kind of sunny out and 60 degrees, but the temperatures drop to, like, high 30s by the time it, you know, is midnight. So uh, there's a lot of fluctuation, but it's a beautiful afternoon, and uh, today we're here uh, doing our normal segment, which in this world that is called How You Live In, episode 63. Yes, 63. Is callbacks, a.k.a. callbacks. Uh, and so to call back to our Brett Kavanaugh conversation, Kavanaugh. Yeah, Kavanaugh. Uh, of course, uh, he did end up getting uh, the confirmation. He did end up getting the confirmation. They made a whole big thing out of it. Uh, when they did the voting on Saturday, so you know, but that was you're right. That was what's going to happen. Yeah, what happened before? I mean, I just I just knew the those senators would flip flop and eventually go the way of the the R and uh, and follow 45's lead and and take the the nomination. But uh, you know, the fight continues. We're moving into uh, November, so we'll start taking a look uh into you know different election and stuff where where maybe we can get a little more seats available for different votes or we can get some governorships so mm-hmm. winning the the gubernational titles so you know uh don't don't be lost on the november just because we lost the uh the kavanaugh you know nomination uh keep keep the fight alive so uh i mean outside of that callback um yeah. Uh, yeah, just people should know that uh, once we have a little bit more information on it, but there is a Kavanaugh ethics investigation that was brought forth by uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, about a few days ago from when this is recording. Uh, so, yeah, and it'll be interesting because that was put on him right after he got uh, confirmed. Right. And because I think one of the really the things to critique about this whole thing was um, – well, I mean, it's typical Trump shit, so I can't really be like, what else can you say? Because, yeah, Trump was like, yeah, no, you can have the FBI, but people who wanted to give information about Kavanaugh or actually show who Kavanaugh was as a person 
um they weren't talk to them they were just like nah no nah, we don't want to talk to you so a lot of people were calling it a joke and it wasn't a very thorough investigation but of course it wasn't going to be because they just wanted to push him through so that's why i find that, that this ex um ethics investigation is interesting to see if they'll uncover anything that the uh the fbi investigation would have if they tried a little bit more but didn't yeah yeah, well, you know, it'll it, it'll expose something maybe or there'll be some storyline, but uh, typically those don't end up in a rejection of a seat. So mm-hmm. uh, it might just be a blemish on a record, if anything. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you got to do you got to do the steps you have to do. Uh, moving forward, though, into the episode 63, uh, we're here, like we said, in October and uh you know, we have uh, a lot on our plate. Um, what's your first kind of feeling for, for what's going on in the world that you want to talk about, Chaz? I, I kind of want to just get it out of the way because I don't know what to make of it. Uh, the whole Kanye and Trump meeting. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that is an interesting development in the sense of kind of this marriage of celebrity and political power. Um, that we're kind of seeing before us this is just kind of another element of that and you know obviously uh the 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 side story being kanye kind of always um taking the conversation in a different direction you know in a way and being able to talk about kind of way out there kind of theories and things like uh dimensional travel and new planes for trump to use as the air force one you know uh it, it's, you know, it's just typical kind of Kanye fashion mm-hmm. of of talking out. I mean, he's been doing that on talk shows for, you know, at least 15 years. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first heard Kanye talk about himself and I thought it was kind of cool that he was like, I started getting into music because I wanted to make music for video games. Yeah. Right. And then he said something like about <clears throat> his grandma after she passed away that uh oh it was something about like if you're dreaming about your future and your future comes true like you're on the right track or something like so so yeah i guess kanye i guess from that we could make an anecdotal view of like yeah kanye's kind of into esoteric thinking and and a lot of times he does think of himself as as when we just saw the snl uh parody of it where he's like i'm a stable genius but he feels like he's the genius that won't be recognized until he's dead so he doesn't really care if what y'all think he's crazy. Right. Right. He thinks he's just like, you know. Fulfilling his own prophecy of his greatness. Yeah. In but, a way. <laughs> yeah. He th- well, he thinks he's like maybe five, six, seven or eight steps ahead of us. Right. Okay. And, and that's what gives him kind of this like smug realness about what he's trying to say. And I mean, it comes off as bad shit. And I, I don't know. That's like, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we criticize it, it's like, well, I told you so. But, you know, it it doesn't really deal with the here and now. So it's kind of just like nonsense. And I mean, I don't know, do a podcast or something, Kanye. Yeah. And then people can listen to it there. But other than that, like use your platform to do something practical in the here and now. So, yeah, I guess that's all I got to really say about it. Yeah. Well, you know, he's always declared himself a billionaire. So (laughs) maybe he's just working his way towards it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Trump, Trump having the meeting is kind of funny too. Uh, you know, it's him trying to catch those kind of middle states, the, the Ohio, the Michigans, um, by using the kind of, uh, 
Midwest appeal of Jim Brown and uh, and Kanye in mm-hmm. a way <clears throat> that it looks like he's he's still connected to those areas because he won those states, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of how the the Democrats have to kind of realign people's thinking about what they expect for those states so people can can vote for them as opposed to supporting this Trump agenda. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh it's 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 an interesting ploy move. Gets a lot of headline space, which kind of ignores all of the stuff what happens within the White House for a little bit. Yeah. Cuz we go on this Kanye excursion for a little bit. So, you know, we I, I expect to see more of these kind of delay our attention, attention getting kind of situations in the future of this Trump administration. I mean, we're going to start seeing, you know, anybody that will pull in some minority group or support from an unexpected location and with a supporter that he has direct contact with, he'll, he'll, you know, march him out and have them be the next token, whatever situation that is, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And, uh, I remember hearing in a recent podcast about how uh, Trump's approval rating with uh, African-American males seems to be going up a little bit. But, of course, it's been like at a steady low with uh, black women at like 98 percent or 96 percent or something like that. So I find that like that that that's statistic. I can't say things today. <laughs> statistic. Uh, yes. Um yeah, I can see because after the whole Kavanaugh thing, and there is uh, this great deal of uh, Im- like Im- patriarchy embodied in black culture. So I can definitely see like with Kavanaugh being attacked, and you know, a, a few conversations that I've had on Facebook where someone's been like, "I've been falsely accused before," but uh, so, and I really hated it when it happened. So I can definitely see why some of them would start drifting towards it but it's kind of just like i mean it just brings up reoccurring things that we see all the time and it's kind of just like uh come on yeah like i mean it's it's based on the whole victim blaming culture as well yeah like outside ramifications of that because it's like they're painting the picture as if there's more victims who are out there that are actually just taking advantage of other people Mm -hmm. which is the impression they want to have so which, you know, most of the data, but there's not really data on either that's very accurate. So it's kind of this hard thing to always point at because you're just going on kind of like. Yeah. And know. because, yeah, it just goes back to that thing where I always talk about, like, in our society, we really only see it if it becomes explicit mm-hmm. and things that are there implicitly. Like, you criticize it, but people think you're criticizing boogeymen. And, yeah, they're kind of right in the sense that it's a boogeyman that you can't see it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it's more like air, I guess. But it's hard with cultural things because cultural things are, like, they're they're subtle. They're what you were ingrained with because that's how you grew up. And then, you know, that slightly informs your decision-making. And uh, and it's not like you have to – it's not like you'll say no because you have no reason to say no. So, like, yeah, that's why I was, like, constantly bringing it up and everything. It's it's just like, yeah, this is what we mean. But – yeah. No, no, that's, that's, yeah. But that's what, you know, the whole Kavanaugh experience has been, has been, you know, directing this victim blaming kind of architect, you know, Mm -hmm. of of like painting, painting the side view as um, possibly this other thing. And so because of that, they've, they've rallied this argument. And it's just funny because I was saying, yeah, there's no, there's no real evidence to prove that side. Like it's, yeah. 
you know, you have reported uh, of the other way. So <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting dynamic as an argument. And it's interesting that it's working in certain places. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As far as these votes and how the impression is, and you're actually seeing women come out and kind of like defend the position from the Republicans, which is like this weird, like, people are getting like over supportive of like Republicanism and Trump just to be like out like spoken about it. And so they're actually cutting off these like mainstream like social political agendas, like, you know, making sex crimes more visible to the public Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so it's interesting that we're, we're, we're simultaneously moving in two different directions. Um, in 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 different areas of the country and there's actually places where they like border and other people are like within miles of each other so they have to have interaction like the the friends and family Mm -hmm. and uh and the differences of the representation and like the orientation of the the laws is like it's becoming drastically more different per per district as this uh polarization of our country continues you know so you're having neighbors on neighbors of areas you know, who are, who are vastly different and it's, and it's not productive because currently the Republican party is the one that's in power and they're redistricting in ways that are going to retain that. So yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit unnerving, uh, looking at the political spectrum of, of Republicans and their agenda and, and then these type of tactics they're using now and, mm-hmm. the, type, and the type of candidates that they're putting out there, you know, um, and including, uh, nominations because that was a Republican choice, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a Trump pick. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, who do you think uh, is next to to go on the on the uh, Supreme Court? You think we can make it all the way through to 2020? I mean, fingers crossed. <clears throat> cross my heart, hold to die, you know, knock on wood. Like, only the, unless someone, well, basically, it doesn't really matter who goes next. It'll just give him a third seat, and it'll definitely give them a Republican majority. And that means, like, all hell will break loose. All right, so I'm kind of in the let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Because, yeah, you might think that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the one most at risk, but she's at risk for death. And that is right. Yeah. So, and that's and that's, that's the that's not the only way people leave the the court. Some of them, yeah, might retire or. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. see nobody. Nobody else has said they're gonna retire, and I don't think anybody. Well, yeah, there. I don't think anybody else on the the, the court will retire. But yeah. if they do, that'd be that'd be weird. If they felt like their retirement and like they're trying to get one last seat before trump got out of office like that see that would be a debacle if it happened like it'll be ridiculous if come 2020 he does not get reelected, right but then during that time between november and january something happens to a supreme court justice and then they're like yeah but we have to put forth a nomination and then you get to make mitch mcconnell eat his fucking words Oh, okay. Yeah, because he'll be like, no, because you can't vote someone in on an election year. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be like, but what I meant, well, I mean. They'll just do it. I mean, ultimately. Yeah, true. 
like that that level of hypocrisy i don't i don't know what'll i think anarchy would happen if like it followed through like if it was oh god <laughs> that would mm, i don't want to say it'd be the second civil war but like yeah and I, I i feel like if someone like rgb was the one to go through either her own retirement or other auspicious methods yeah and it was in an election <clears throat> year and Mitch McConnell just rammed it through anyway. <laughs> and it would... <laughs> the plot of the most boring action movie ever. Right? Like, <clears throat> it would just... That would set off a fever pitch that I don't even know what to expect. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess we feel underrepresented already. So, it's like... If 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 it keeps going the other way, it's going to get ugly. Um, the whole city rural divide, the whole uh, division of the seats, it's all, it's all, you know, I don't know. It, it probably needs to be looked at. But uh, will we get there? Who knows? You know, uh, meanwhile, you know, all the defense spending, we have all these wars going on. And so it's like business as usual as a country, no matter who's at the helm. And uh, so it's kind of weird. Uh yeah, and it's it's interesting because like I just finished watching the documentaries uh the eight, well the 70s, the 80s and the 90s on Netflix, the ones done by CNN where they go like episodes through the decades and like this this sort of thing happens in America more often than you think. Uh like a a, a leader getting elected that we all kind of like don't really like it seems like and stays around mm-hmm. yeah but also massive polarization between the two parties and i mean definitely when it came to voting blocks um it's it, it's not as bad if you look at this one uh infographic that's out there but there's definitely been instances where like if you just look at it as pure polarization uh yeah it happens but we we've hit like a longer plateaued era and it started with the um, the compromise that uh, whatever thing that Newt Gingrich started. And he started this thing where everyone had to sign on board for this great compromise. Oh, yeah. I remember. I think about and, remember and, hearing about and like that. That, that. that was like this unification of a Republican Party that was like kind of divided in its focus. And he created kind of a national movement for them. And then that just kind of like developed into ways that they you know fundraise and like Mm -hmm. uh you know divided up support and all these things and so if you look at a map of polarization since that period it's either been in increase or equal and it's never gone in like a, a we haven't dipped back towards the center in a long time and and i think we spent part of the 80s kind of coming out of the center and uh and i think the 70s are kind of a mixed one Mm-hmm. because of the, the whole vietnam and nixon it all it all kind of jumbles the uh the opinions but uh yeah no i know there's spikes of polarization for sure um but it's it's we're definitely in a more polarized political era right now for sure as far as like if you divide the left and the right by a spectrum and you start thinking like further left and further right, there's more examples of the furthest of each than there were at some points. Mm-hmm. No, because I definitely, I don't know if in our history we've had like both factions fighting against each other 
because in some senses like well republicans don't really fight against each other it just depends on when the the populist republicans figure out when the constitutional republicans are still kind of fucking dicking them over because like that's where i feel like the divide is they're just using their zeal and their exuberance to kind of put the wool over their eyes and then on the left of course there's just the same like there's neoliberals which which are well-meaning morally but horrible economically okay and uh, and then progressives who are like well no these are the way things are and this is why we want it or the one that has another criticism is other countries have this so why can't we and uh, and then also like hey there aren't jobs out there stop pretending like they is though and like but not having any of those concerns addressed seriously uh because in their bubble they're doing all right the jobs exist there like the people they know the you know they'd rather like be moral grandstanders um more so than they would like to you know show bills and stuff to have economic support so so yeah i feel like the divides like i i feel like there are there's going to be new coalitions that form i think if the progressives can convince the populace that we have things that'll help you too that'll form a new weird coalition but the progressives will be like only if you stop with that racist shit (laughs) right like that that'll be like that's the one thing that probably can't get them um to to a place where they're gonna come together but like for me i guess because i know a lot of people have a hard time being called something and 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 i can understand that because when you think of people people aren't just one thing and you're not constantly that thing so i would say like stop doing a good job of performing racism and people will stop having like that idea of you because if your performance is on then like what role do we think you're in uh so and and i think like that's like maybe the one compromise i'm willing to give than some telling someone you're racist because i can definitely understand how unproductive that is but if you're performing racism, like, you know, those idioms of the shoe fits where it's if it walks like a dog, talks like a duck and all that one like those. That's what people are seeing. And that's what people are reacting to when they make that like wholehearted statement in that moment. Because, you know, as I say all the time in group out group dynamics. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's an era that we have to live in. And, you know, there's still this existent weird middle and some independents mm-hmm. and you know definite purple states so we'll uh we'll kind of walk this line for a little longer and see uh see where it takes us uh and definitely in the uh, the 2020 election we'll get a little more evidence uh but uh what else is going on in the world i mean we do have a former uh new york times and washington post journalist uh who disappeared while um on vacation or at least on assignment in uh turkey um he is jarell uh jamal kasogi and uh yeah so he he's uh in the news lately as somebody who is probably was a hit from the saudi either prince or government which is quite an accusation uh, but that's what um, some people are reporting, and so there's some footage of him entering a uh, 
what do you call it? Like a diplomatic a consulate consulate in a uh, in Turkey, and uh, so far n- no leaving the building. So, yeah. Uh, I think last time I checked, I heard reports that he was uh, beaten and tortured, um, and then killed, but that hasn't been confirmed. Um, and I definitely, I think it was Mon. No, I think it was uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I heard basically just a small report on uh, up first on NPR from one of his colleagues, and they were just wondering like why they would do this, uh, what are they thinking, and you know they gave really neutral answers, but it was definitely somber to think of just you know a journalist going into the Middle East trying to do his job, and then you know some extremist core of there takes him away and does things to him, and that's if we you know expect the worst. We can hope for the best, though, and maybe he's alive for, and, you know, I don't know, probably, like, presuming dead probably is the right way to go about it, but, you know, one can have hope until we get a confirm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting situation, so that's a bit of a mess, and Trump and uh, definitely Kushner have ties to Saudi money, Uh, Bush and their foundations used to have ties to Saudi money. Uh, so, um, yeah, that goes back decades. So that's interesting situation we're dealing with there. Um, as well as, uh, coming forward, what, what else do we have in the news for you, Chaz? What's going on? How are you living in this world? Uh, not, not really stuff in the news. Uh, let me see. I did want to look at maybe some of the cases that are going into the Supreme Court because, It'll be interesting to see where they vote on uh, some of those things. So the first one is the Mount Lemmon Fire District versus Guido or Guido. Um, uh, The issues, whether under the Age Discrimination and Employment Act, the same 20 employee minimum that applies to private employers uh, also applies to political subdivisions in a state. And so uh, let me see what else did I say here. The U.S. Courts of Appeals for the 6th, 7th, 8th, and 10th Circuits have held whether that the ADEA applies instead to all state political subdivisions of any size as U.S. Court of Appeals for the 9th Circuit held in this case. Okay. And so, yeah, that doesn't, I wonder, I guess I'm not in a space where that one would affect me if it goes, like, if it confirms what it is already, where it would seem... I guess this might have something to do with the political organizing or, you know, campaigning and such, where I guess if it does apply to the states currently, that means uh, you have to have at least 20 people that you're paying. And I guess the Republicans, if they want to use this, that they would make it so you don't have to pay them. And that way they can just have volunteers and as many volunteers as they need to get the word out doing canvassing and all that. So I can see that why that would go to the Supreme Court. Let me see. Oh, here's one. Here's one that's going to be interesting is the Wayhauser Company versus U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. The issue whether the Endangered Species Act prohibits the designation of private land as unoccupied a critical habitat that is neither habitat nor essential to species conservation and whether an agency decision not to exclude an area from the critical habitat because the economic impact of designation is subject to judicial review. 
Okay. Yeah. That could have big uh, yeah. uh, effects out here in the Pacific Northwest because mm-hmm. Weyerhaeuser's a logging company. Uh, and so what they're basically saying is um, we want to be able to log in these areas that are probably critical to certain habitats according to current ecological standards. But given the Trump administration's mm-hmm. move towards uh, being less environmental, they're seeing this as an opportunity to run a Supreme Court case through um, to probably pr- um, open up some land that they can clear cut and get some of that money because they've probably been in kind of a uh, reserved version of themselves lately because the the uh, forestable or loggable land available to private companies in Washington is shrinking. Mm-hmm. And so it's becoming more difficult for those type of companies to operate. So if you opened up whole tracts of land because of changes in opinions about its uh, effect on ecological situations uh yeah you'd you'd probably make a bunch of money if you were a big corporation so damn yeah yeah that's right about that yeah so uh yeah the supreme court is always uh getting you know different different types of cases some of which you know affect our lives drastically some Mm -hmm. of which maybe only change an individual and you know what in that divide sorry situation Um, yeah no you're good yeah no that divide definitely is one that i don't think of a lot but is it's like the environmental versus the monetary sort of thing because every time i would criticize the republicans on this show it was definitely when they would say oh yeah i don't care about the earth let's just get that money and and i get it right as a person who likes to get that money and everything but i'm like hold up hold up you can't exhaust all your resources just for the money or or like not think about the impact that is going to give you like you exhaust all your resources and then the land becomes unusable or the planet becomes unlivable like that that i don't see why like that compromise is stupid and in the fact that they spend most of their time obfuscating that uh, with everything that they're doing it's probably one of the reasons that's one of the core reasons why I very much dislike the Trump administration and where I am definitely on the very polarized side of uh, no save the environment, do renewable shit. Like you can be proactive about this. Your greed is the only thing that gets in the way with it. It's fucking bullshit. Right. And uh, yeah. So like seeing that come down the, uh, the pike in a Supreme court case and knowing that like red folks, lean towards more of the economical side than the environmental side the expectation based on now our current judicial uh current scotus lineup is that it's going to be revoked and those people are going to have access to logging and then they're going to bill it as more jobs which it will be but they won't say for how long those jobs are going to be how much they're going to pay you know things like that i mean it probably pays pretty well because you know that's arduous and dangerous work so it should but I get it. I get it. Um, with that, I think we can take a subtle break. Yeah, and yeah. since we are in October <clears throat> and it's the 14th for us, so we're ahead of the game. And if you're listening to it after, just reminisce. Uh, but we're coming up on Halloween. Oh, yeah. And Ooh. so Halloween has a lot of things that are involved with it. And the two things I want to talk about are costumes and horror movies. Okay. So, okay. so what are what are some of the, your favorite costumes you've witnessed, 
in your life or uh, uh, per- perhaps ones you personally wore. But <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite go-to costume you've seen lately? What was your what what do you, what have you seen people go as at, at different Halloween parties? Uh, let me see. I think last year or a few years ago, a friend of mine she went as a Speed from Speed Racer. Okay, and it was really well done. That's pretty solid. Like they had the helmet and everything. I was like, okay. Any any monkeys around? Did no, have... no chim chim. Yeah, okay, but still solid. Uh, yeah. One year, my friend went as Rick from Rick and Morty. Uh, so oh, that was really cool. That's pretty good. Did they ever discover a Rick at, the, <laughs> at the... another Rick? No, like well, they were Morty. You no, 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 they're Rick. Oh, they so were they Rick. Would, they would have to have discovered a Morty. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more fun to go as Rick. Yeah, like you have to be really committed to be like. I feel I feel like that should be a weird speed dating thing during Halloween, where like dress up as either Rick or Morty, and then and then like try to find your Rick, right? <laughs> and it, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, that that I don't know if that would fly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's some good costumes out there. Uh, I once went as a uh, a lost hiker. Oh nice! And so I had a backpack, and which helped because I could put beer in it, so that became very like effective. So utilizing the different uh, elements of your of your costume is is key. Uh, yeah, no, and then of course the second part of this uh, horror movies, man. What's your experience with horror movies? Do you did you get any of the cheesy eighty ones that were exposed to you in the era of? Uh, of of like Chucky and all those. Did you did you see any of those? You know, I think the first horror movie I saw was uh Friday the thirteenth. Okay. That's uh, a that's a solid one. Yeah, I mean well I, I think it, it's the one with Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah, that's well there's there's a bunch with uh with Freddy Krueger, but yeah, that's that's the original. Okay, no, because that scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> like like guy that was the i haven't had nightmares in a long while but i remember having nightmares about freddy krueger right which is like <laughs> double which is like double worse because he like haunts you in your dreams i know so it's like the worst to have nightmares too. i know it was the worst i fucking hate like when he died i, I fucking celebrated and then he brought his ass back but i was over it at that point but like i was celebrating yeah yeah well, and there was always, yeah, Chucky was in Child's Play, and then you had Michael Myers in all the Halloweens, which were, were pretty solid. Uh, scare Factory back in the day. Uh, but uh, but now, I guess you do have modern horror movies. What's the, mo- what's the most recent thing you, you could see that you've seen that would be in that genre? See, I don't even know. I don't think I've watched any modern horror uh, movie. Or- Did you ever end up seeing The Human Centipede? No, that was uh, terrible. No. <laughs> I, I would consider that kind of nouveau horror in a way. It was also mm-hmm. just annoying. But uh, let's see, you know, because when I think of horror movies now, Cat, my, I, Cabin in the Woods. Okay, I saw that one. Okay, okay, okay. That yeah. was good. That was good. That was like that was like a throwback. They were definitely channeling uh, what was sort of like the more thriller aspect of uh, horror movies. Okay, guess, see, I guess that was I was confused with because I love me some Final Destination, but I don't know if I consider that a horror movie. It's but get, I guess it's it getting is. close. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. 
Yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah, I would say the fi- I would say the Final Destination, and then you have the Saw franchise. Okay, I have like not seen any of those, honestly. Okay, okay, you just <laughs> you know you know of them, but it's not not in the wheelhouse. Yeah, not in the wheel. Like I would not win at Saw trivia whatsoever. All I know, I do know about like the psychology of uh, the clown guy a little bit, Jigsaw. But yeah, and I kind of want to watch them now, I guess. I never, they just felt too campy and too just like gore porn. I yeah. was just like, I don't really need to see gore porn. And that that's like most of the the, the franchises from the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the Evil Dead franchise. Oh yeah. Hellraiser. Uh, let's see, Evil Dead, Howling. Uh, and then there's the one, there's the one where it like, it, it's like this weird ball too that like follow this this like creepy guy holds and it like kills people and stuff. Oh wow! I forget what that one was called, but yeah, there was a whole bunch in the '80s, kind of leading into the '90s as well. And then they went with that action franchise. That's when it was all about like you know mm-hmm. singular male like lead action oh, yeah. movie was like the '90s. So you know horror took a little bit of a backseat, uh, but. Uh, yeah. I guess in another like semi segue from that same subject for horror movies, have you played any uh horror video games or as they were touted by Resident Evil survival horror games? I I played the original like uh, yeah, like incarnation of like Resident Evil. Um it kind of felt like a like a follow-up to like like computer games, mm-hmm. you know, when it kind of added when it and uh but uh but yeah no I didn't really play any of the like the horror franchise games really. Uh what what is your exposure to that? Uh I played a little bit of Fatal Frame, a little bit of uh Resident Evil. Uh I haven't played too much Silent Hill, but definitely it was like Resident Evil versus Silent Hill and like the uh, the late well mid to late 90s early 2000s cuz like they kind of really started on um playstation right there were some horror inspired games for nintendo and super nintendo but they were basically like splatterhouse which is you being a dude with a hockey mask just killing people right in a horror area uh but there wasn't like a lot of suspenseful things there wasn't a lot of definitely survival horror games use a lot of tropes of tension you've seen in horror movies so if you like one you'll probably like the other as long because they're well, as Resident Evil goes on further, it gets more action-y. But I would say, like, if you can play the first three, those are definitely, like, tension. Like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, uh, well, hopefully everyone has a spooky and safe Halloween. Uh, enjoy. Uh, hit us up at hylbox at gmail.com if you have a, a better costume suggestion. Uh, oh, I did. I should say every year, well, one year I was a witch mad scientist, and but other than that, my theming is inanimate object, and you, and sometimes, most of the time, it's food-related inanimate object, so one year I was ketchup, another year I was a beer keg, and for like the last three years, if I just needed to go to a party, I've been a pepper shaker, and I always get, where is salt, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm alone. Pepper goes with everything now. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 rather nice and slightly sad, but also <laughs> ultimately okay. Ultimately, 
Uh, that's a, that's a solid that's a solid costume. All right. Well, uh, pepper it on, man. Uh, I guess uh, we'll 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 lead into that. Is there any uh, wisdom you want to give people or or shout outs to the world uh, uh, for this episode? Uh, Chas? No, like, well, for a lot of states, your your deadline to apply to vote has gone, but you should check and see if you haven't yet to see if you can go in person. And if you can go in person, go in person. Uh, make sure you're registered. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care what you vote for. Just make sure you go out there and make sure your voice is heard. If you're in Washington like we are, uh, you probably should start getting your your pamphlets in and start organizing those uh, political action parties where you get your friends together, get a potluck or something going, and then you discuss the issues as they affect you. Because, you know, it might change someone's mind if you're like, hey, I support this because blah, 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 or I go against this because blah, blah, blah. So, you know, maybe that's one way uh, we can, we just need to be more open about our political discussions, especially in the times we're in. That's for real. Uh, as always, uh, you can get me up at the Twitter sphere at Seatown Mayor, protecting the old coastal cities by the ocean. Uh, that as well as HYL Box, that's H-Y-L-B-O-X at gmail.com for the show. Uh, keep us informed about what you're thinking about and how your political action committees are going uh, out in the world at large. Chaz, it's been delight. How do they get a hold of you? Uh, CRSII at uh, on the Twitter, Chaz Bass, everywhere else. Uh, yeah, and catch you. Yeah, get side of tomorrow, get, y'all. Get registered to vote. Uh, if we don't see you before the election for sure, uh, we'll definitely catch one right around it and probably right after. So, uh, keep us uh, informed on how things are going. Uh, Chaz, it's been a delight. It's been a delight as always, Mikkel. Uh, We out, Peppa. Peace.